The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. And I hear so much heartache going on in the world. And I think, do they know God? Is he in there in the center of their situation? He sure wants to be. Coming up on Life Today, join James and Betty as they help you learn to share God's beautiful light in a world full of darkness. Jesus didn't come to just get us out of hell and into heaven. He came to put heaven in us. Welcome to Life Today. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are so thrilled to be able to come into your home. You know, we have uh, been on a, a, a wonderful journey. We've been married now going on 53 years. I've been preaching for, you know, well over 50 years now. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we've witnessed a lot. And uh, I honestly believe that what we've experienced in this journey and what we continue to experience gives us an ability to perhaps identify with and understand where many of you may be and what you go through or what you feel. You've perhaps suffered loss, you've had a heartache, maybe relationships broken, maybe you've lost a loved one. Uh, most of you do know that, that our uh, youngest daughter went to heaven a couple of years ago and, and we didn't lose her, we know right where she is and she left behind a great legacy of life and her children are just great expressions of Jesus and her husband. Uh, this year, Betty, you and I went to the funerals of two of our very best friends. Over the years, they actually served as uh, board members uh, with the ministry. And one of them came on staff and worked 30 years. One of them was saved as a contractor in Gallatin, Tennessee, north of Nashville, when he built the platform for a preacher to preach on. And he said, I stayed around out of curiosity to see the show. And he got saved. His name was John Ring. He went to be with the Lord earlier this year. And what a tremendous celebration it was at his service. And listening to his youngest son talk about Jesus, who had lost his brother, who just died in his sleep uh, a year or so before. And then Betty, the man that became a, a friend of me, Pete Clater, and I want you, I want you to listen to this. This is not, this is not something that's going to be, you know, like a tearjerker to tear you up. This is this ought to encourage you. The man I'm referring to named Pete Clater picked me up at the airport when I was, I was in my early 20s, 24, and he was 44 that week because I went to a birthday party after the church service in Lubbock, Texas. Well, Pete didn't leave my life for the next 40 some odd years. He became like a brother and then he became like the father I never had. He was 20 years older than I was. We were fishing buddies. I always wanted somebody to take me fishing. When I was a little boy, and I never got to go. Well, Pete and I got to go. And boy, we fished for men. We were able to lead a lot of people to Christ. You would have loved to have Pete in your home. When Pete was dying, we went to see him, and he just came alive. He had dementia so bad, sometimes he wouldn't remember you coming, but we had a conversation that was like a resurrection. A couple of nights later, as it was obvious that his heart was failing. His oldest daughter, Lynn, was in the next room and mom was in there with Pete. 
And all of a sudden, she heard her dad talking to mom. And mom motioned. I want you to listen. I want you to listen to what somebody heard as the husband and the dad was dying. Listen. Lynn writes, I wanted to update y'all. Last night was rough. No real sleep until midnight. At 3.45, I heard dad saying something to mom. She motioned for me to come in there. I wish I had recorded it. We noticed that dad's oxygen was off. He said, wasn't that the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? I just saw the tip of it, the edge of it. I don't think I could stand it being more beautiful without my heart just bursting. Then for the next two hours, Dad talked about how blessed he's been and we've been. What a sweet family he has. About a promise is a promise, especially when it's from the Lord. And then he said, is next Saturday the big closing, the finale? It's going to be great. A little while ago, he started singing. It was hard to make it out. Then it became very clear. It was... Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. At one point, I asked mom if she wanted to lie down, and she said, I wouldn't take anything for this. He's sleeping right now. I'm glad I was with mom. Your visit with dad ministered greatly to him, thanking us for coming. And on that Saturday, Betty, it was his funeral. Mm -hmm. What goes on in your heart when you love your friend Jody and know the blessing that they've been, and then you see this? Well, you know, as you were reading that, of course, it brought back the first time we, we read it. And I thought, how precious is God that he lets someone see a glimpse of his glory? There's too much evidence that I've heard and I've seen in my, just in my own spirit to know there is an everlasting life with Jesus Christ. And to see that and hear, and just to hear a little bit about, I believe God was giving Pete a glimpse of heaven and of his glory and saying, son, I'll see you soon. And he did. And it should, be, it should bring us hope, James. Everything is not hopeless. God is real. God is true. He is faithful. If we will only accept him and know him in a personal way, we will never be alone. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I am here. And we have felt that in the great loss that we had in our daughter, James. And I hear so much heartache going on in the world. And I think, do they know God? Is he in there in the center of their situation? He sure wants to be. And I tell you, the thing I want you to hear as Betty and I are sharing is we know where our daughter is. We know where mm -hmm. Pete is. I know where John Ring is, the contractor who built the platform in Tennessee. And they were witnesses for Christ, and Betty and I have sought to be. And see, the heaven that Pete talked about was so real to him. And we know it's real. And Jesus gave his life to 
give us heaven not only there, but now. See, I saw heaven in John and in Pete every day, and then we see it in Jody and the family. Because Jesus didn't come to just get us out of hell and into heaven. He came to put heaven in us right here in the midst of darkness and hellishness so that people could see the light of his glory and come to know the love of God that gives us eternal life that doesn't begin when we die. Pete's life didn't begin when he died and went to heaven. He was full of it while he was talking about what he was seeing. He already was living it. Betty, when I was called to preach, you remember that first week and the following weeks, I memorized scriptures and just quoted them to you. And this is one of the first ones that I memorized, and this is where God sent me and the way he sent me, and it's why I'm here with you right now, more than 50 years later. I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to what Paul said. I want to read it out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. When I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming you to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why, Paul, did you preach that way? God, why did you call me to preach that way? I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, but my message and my preaching was not with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And that is what we have seen as millions of people have come to Christ. They're part of a glorious remnant of witnesses to stand up in this day of ever-increasing darkness and deception. And where so many people are living in defeat, we're to stand up like a mighty army. Now, I want to point you to what Paul went on to say. He talked about the natural man doesn't understand the things of the spirit because they're spiritually discerned. The way you understand the things of spirit realm is you're born again of the spirit into a living relationship with a living God. And it's not religion. It's not ritual. It's not going through traditional practices. It is a relationship with God, knowing him, not religious affiliation. Please get that. Betty and I were both members of churches. I was Christian. She was baptized. We didn't know the Lord. We came to know the Lord. We were born again of the Spirit. We were transformed. Now, in the next chapter, Paul says, and this is where you've heard me deal with this so much. Very important that you hear this. Paul said, you are, you are right now arguing about such foolish things. You're talking about, I'm of Peter. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. All of these men were great men of God and they were choosing men and dividing over which one they were listening to and who their favorite was. Stop the nonsense. Christ is the answer. We're not supposed to be divided. We're supposed to become one in Christ. Paul said, because you're doing this, I can't even talk to you as spiritual. You're just fleshly. And then he went on to say something very, very powerful. And I don't want you to miss this because if you get this, it's going to revolutionize your life. These people who come are watering, they're planting, they're sowing, they're laborers in my field. Don't pick and choose. They're simply sowing the seed that's to bring forth good fruit that looks like Jesus. The fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, meekness. The next verse, verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. 
You are God's field, His building. You are His cultivated field. What's the significance of that? The seed is sown in the soil of a receptive heart. And we bring forth the fruit of the Spirit, spiritual fruit, living fruit. We bring forth the life of God. Now, what happens to a cultivated field that's been planted by the farmer, cared for, and is to bring forth good fruit if it is abandoned? What happens to it? It becomes trampled ground and it grows briars. One of the most powerful passages in the Old Testament is Isaiah 5. God said, I planted a vineyard on a fertile hill and I expected it to bring forth good fruit. The master shepherd, the master farmer planted it, fertile field, expected it to bring forth good fruit, but it did not. It brought forth briars and pestilence and therefore I removed the hedge and it became vulnerable. Now let me tell you something, Betty. When you and I as cultivated fields have been called to God to receive the truth and let it bring forth fruit and we turn away from what the farmer, the father, the shepherd is seeking to do, that cultivated field will grow, grow briars and thorns and be painful. I see that in the lives of many church people and Christians. Do you? Absolutely. What's causing it? Well, it's because we don't stay in God's Word and let Him nurture us and grow us up and, and we don't stay close to Him. And we begin to pick and choose between others. I'll follow this one and that one rather than seeing Jesus in this one and coming to Jesus and recognizing it's Jesus we're looking for. It's Jesus we exalt. We appreciate those workers and those gifted ones God set in the church, but we don't choose someone to follow other than Christ. If they're pointing us to Christ, we keep growing. Now, if we turn away from the Word, and I want you to watch what happens. If you turn away from God's Word, you don't abide in it. The hedge of protection comes down, and the enemy comes in like a flood. Here we are today in the church, in the United States, in Canada, in Europe, in many places, where we have known the truth and we have borne great fruit. Many today are failing to bear fruit. They're dividing over various issues that are not even biblical concerns. They are being idolatrous, even in their following of individuals rather than the truth of God that brings forth the fruitfulness. And we're being defeated and we're seeing the wall, the hedge come down and people are being controlled by the enemy and jerked around and manipulated and held in bondage. And the only answer is to recognize it's trampled ground because we're not bearing the fruit, we're not abiding in the Word, we are not receiving the truth continually flowing like a river that sets us free. And what is the answer? It's not to get condemned or beat down, it's to recognize that although I am to be the fertile field, I'm no longer bearing good fruit, I'm being defeated, and I'm going to return to the watch care of the shepherd. I'm going to have a personal solemn assembly. I'm going to rend my heart, not my garments. I'm going to tell God I want to be fruitful. 
I want to live free as an overcomer. And I'm asking you to lift the load. I'm asking you to set me free from the bondage that has come and the consequences of poor choices. And I turn my life over to you totally. And I'm going to be a light and a witness for you as long as I'm breathing. That is the call of God right now on the entire church where we can know as our friends that we referenced. I know what's ahead because I know what's within and live a fruitful life. That is God's invitation to you right now to come to the shelter and the shadow of the Almighty and allow Him to fill you to overflowing with His Spirit so that you produce the fruit of the Spirit of love and joy and peace a confidence, a security that is not dependent upon what some man says, but upon God. And say, God, use us, use me as an expression of your life in this dark day. Right where you are, just say, God, you left me here, born of the Spirit, to be a cultivated field totally overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit, releasing your life and your love, and I will settle for no less. Father, I pray for every person right now who's listening that they may see we are here not by mistake, but by divine assignment. And no matter what's going on around us, you are able to enable us to be a bright light an effective witness, and an expression of your life freely to others. Forgive, cleanse, and set free every person who yields to you right now. Clay in the potter of the Father's hand. In Jesus' name. Would you say to God, take my life, bring forth good fruit, I yield myself to you totally. If you'd like someone to pray with you, don't hesitate to call and say, would you just agree with me that I will become a fruitful field, a well-watered garden, and I'll be an expression of the life of God. I really believe that's why you're watching today. You know, Betty, one of the things that I think I found as great an encouragement from as even Pete or John and the others we talked about, are the viewers of our program. We have taken the viewers of life today for the last 25 years around the world, and we have shown you glimpses of pain and suffering and loss and need. And what have our viewers done for the glory of God and the benefit of others? They've so well responded, James, because they love to feel those needs exactly that we have shown you. You give the water, you give the food, and now you have an opportunity to give the shoes and give the smiles. Mm. It just continues because that's God's blessing through us to others that are needy and have these needs that we can reach and we can, we can feel these needs. Well, Betty's referring to, of course, the drilling of the water wells and, and also the uh, food and all the things we do. But giving these shoes, right here we call it uh, 
Christmas shoes and uh, smiles. And uh, the smiles are the cleft palate surgeries. You know, we've seen so many children over the years as we've traveled that, that have terrible uh, deformities. We, we see their little faces where they can't, they can't smile. Some of them can hardly keep food in their mouth. And you just give them a, a surgery that mm -hmm. brightens everything in their life and their families. You can imagine what that means. And we want to send you the little Christmas uh, ornaments that are the little shoes. And uh, we're asking you to, to make a special gift and, and know what it's going to mean as we put shoes on 200,000 children's feet. And we need to raise the money right now. We really need to hear from all of you. And uh, just, just help us. You know, $36 will give 10 children a pair of shoes, and some of you can do more than that. The surgeries are 500, and some of you can give a thousand and give a couple of kids a smile for Christmas. But I want you just to watch this and see if if God doesn't speak to you. Would you do that? Watch closely and prayerfully. From your family to our family, your generosity has empowered life's mission efforts around the world, and the look on these children's faces make the impact obvious. It's in the smile of Mateo as he receives a bowl of food made possible by your giving, or of Gabriella as she quenches her thirst from a clean water well that you helped drill. You could even say you make it your business to give children smiles. Well, this Christmas, we'd like to give a smile to someone who might not easily be able to smile otherwise. You see, all over the world, there are children who have trouble smiling because they were born with a cleft lip or palate. But a simple surgery by loving doctors can radically transform the appearance of children like these and greatly improve their quality of life. But they won't be the only ones smiling this Christmas. Because with your help, we also want to give a brand new pair of shoes to children who have never had them. Uh, you can see all of the little ones, uh, honestly, the smiles on their faces is so exciting to be a part of this. You can look around at all of the children in this village and most of them are without shoes. They could lose their very lives because of an infection that they could get on their feet. Help make this Christmas special for a child like this. Help us provide Christmas shoes and smiles. I know those scenes of need and expressions of love and what, what a surgery can do for a child and their family. And uh, putting shoes on a child's feet, just giving them something that they, they didn't expect. You know, when we came into your time frame today and began talking to you, it was prayerfully and hopefully asking God to brighten your day and lighten your load. And I've said this very consistently on life today for many years. You want your day brightened, seek to brighten someone else's. You want your prayers answered, be an answer to someone else's prayers. Watch what happens. So I have an idea that today you sense God reaching out to you. I think that you felt that James and Betty and our prayer team and our staff but we care about you, and we do, very sincerely. And I'm telling you this, if you want to be blessed, bless someone else and watch what happens. 
Would you like to help us give some shoes? $36, 10 little children, you get a pair of shoes. $144 and 40 children. $1,000 and two surgeries, and some of you may be able to do more than that. You'll have the little Christmas ornament and decoration. I promise you, people come in your home, they'll notice, and you can tell them we're trying to give shoes and smiles. We're blessing others because it's such a blessing to do it. Betty and I want to say thank you for letting us come and share this time with you. I want to thank you for going online, lifetoday.org, or going to the phone right now. Please take your bank card, use it like a check. We'll make a real prayerful love gift today and say, I'm going to brighten someone else's day. I've been left here by divine assignment. I'm on a mission. I am blessed, and I will bless others freely and just let that river flow. Thanks for doing that. Make that call right now and that special gift. Poverty is a killer, and because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. For most of these children, they've never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections that could lead to crippling consequences, disease, and even death. By responding today, you can help life immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 200,000 children around the world just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair. And a gift of $144 will help provide 40 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted green antique shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $100 or more, you may also request a special boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments from past years. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries. And you may request our beautifully framed canvas prints of the Forest Chapel. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, Betty and I say thank you for your help. By the way, call until you get through. If you get a busy, don't stop calling, or you can go lifetoday.org. I, I want to read this passage to you. No, 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 I'd like you to mark it in your Bible. Philippians 2, begin at verse 2. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Let each one of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. And I think, Betty, that's what our viewers do. You really look out for the interests of others. So. Thank you for giving some shoes and smiles. And I hope you'll do all you can. Pray for us as we seek to follow him and bless others and encourage your friends to watch life today and check out the stream every day. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Stream.org. You'll be blessed. Thanks for watching. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, come be a part of the Life Today studio audience. Call or email today to reserve your tickets. You'll be inspired and entertained. 
has the church, have we kind of moved because the standard of good has changed with our society? Author John Bevere, next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.